Welcome to AZ Politicast, I'm Steve Goldstein. Getting around the Phoenix area, especially between October and April, can be an absolute slog. And that's from the standpoint of someone who mostly travels in a car and deals with the congestion on freeways and surface streets from east to west and from north to south. But taken in relative terms, we're actually doing pretty well here, able to get from one side of the valley to another in 30 or 45 minutes, depending on the time of day. Now go back a few decades to the 1990s when this place had already started its dramatic growth and you can double that number, maybe even triple it, or just plan on the drive back and forth taking all day. That was alleviated to some extent by voter approval in 1985 of Proposition 400, which created a half-cent sales tax to help fund transportation projects. Nearly 20 years later, voters gave the thumbs up to extending the tax through 2026. During last year's legislative session, a bipartisan group of lawmakers sent a bill to Governor Doug Ducey to have another extension put on the ballot. Surprisingly, almost shockingly to some, Ducey vetoed it. Now many state, community, and business leaders are worried that an extension may not actually get to voters in 2024. And where would that leave transportation in Maricopa County, which is still one of the fastest growing counties in the country? I went to the office of Mesa Mayor John Giles to get his perspective on Prop 400 and what needs to happen next. That conversation is next as AZ Politicast starts now. Mesa Mayor John Giles is a Republican, but one who's been more than willing to cross the aisle to support Democrats he agrees with and to express frustration toward Republicans. One of those he became unhappy with is former Governor Doug Ducey. When Ducey vetoed the bill that would have given voters the voice in deciding whether to extend the Prop 400 transportation sales tax, Giles was, to put it pretty mildly, displeased. And that's where our recent conversation started. Yeah, we were, uh, we were very disappointed with Governor Ducey's decision to, uh, to veto the bill. Uh, we'd been you know, trying to take his temperature and, and lobbying for the— I personally had talked to him about it a couple of times— and knew he you know, he obviously is uh, very uh, tied to uh, you know Republican politics and and not going to have be enthusiastic about uh, attaching his name to uh, a tax continuation. We thought not a tax increase, but if you were ever going to be supportive of a tax, you know Prop 400 would, would be it because it, it, all of the success that Governor Ducey enjoyed uh, during his eight years as governor probably just about every success that he had, you could make an argument that Prop 400 is you know, what underpinned that success. So uh, it really is a, uh, an, an, and I, I too am a Republican, so I don't, I don't have any, any uh, enthusiasm for, uh, you know, uh, continuing taxes or, or have, in, in asking the, the electorate to tax themselves. But uh, this is abs- this is one of the the most you know critical uh, infrastructure uh, uh, proposals that we have in in Maricopa County. So it was it was important. So yes, I, I was extremely disappointed. Uh, the governor did take us by surprise. Uh, still don't have a good understanding as to what his justification for that was. So here we are now in mid-May, um, and there's been discussion, maybe a couple of different bills related to extending Prop 400 going forward. But now we're in a situation where the legislature wants to take a break. They signed, they had the budget passed, Governor Hobbs signed it, and now they're going to come back at some point, presumably in June. But how do you feel about that, considering this is moving closer to the deadline? Would you like them to just get this done, and then maybe they can close up shop before the end of June, or before the end of May? Yeah, I, I think this is the most important thing. Now that the budget is, is over, uh, and congratulations to the governor and, and the legislative leaders for, for achieving that, that's great. But th- this... Uh, 
it would be a, a huge mistake for the legislature to think that there's not a, a, some serious unfinished business while but, but uh, while proposition 400 is, is still in limbo so yeah we have been uh you know mag has been talking with the legislators so the governor has been talking with legislators there's been a lot of negotiation that has still gone on i mean we we are advocating for a transportation plan that took MAG and, and all of the local governments, you know, uh, three years to come up with. It, it was a very uh, exhaustive process identifying every possible transportation project in, in the county, prioritizing them. Every city, every mayor that went into that meeting, you know, uh, there was blood on the floor. You know, a lot of important projects did not get approved, a lot of compromise. So, uh, and th- this was a process that the, that the legislature dictated to us. You know, this is how you come up with a regional transportation plan. So we did that, and then the legislature says, okay, now it's time to start negotiating with us as to what your transportation plan is going to look like. So, so that was uh, awkward and painful, but we've been doing that as well. But we, we feel like we have gone, uh, we really would be, it would be a huge disservice uh, to the needs of our, of our region uh, if we cut more out of this, this, this plan than we already have. So uh, it, it's, it's time to make decisions. Either the uh, either legislature gives us the authority to go to our, our taxpayers to ask, ask them to authorize this, and they will say yes, we believe. It, it polls very well. Or uh, we're going to need to pursue a plan B and, and uh, take it to the, to the voters through the initiative process. So, th- yeah, it's time to make a decision. As a huge valley city, Mesa has obviously benefited from freeways like anybody else. Mesa has also embraced light rail, which is controversial to some people on the the Republican side of the aisle. How do you push through that to say that public transit isn't just light rail? So even if you don't like light rail, maybe your city needs buses. Right. You know, it, it's been uh, we we all have had uh, exposure to light rail. Now I remember when I was back on on city council in the '90s, I was somewhat skeptical. You know, that a, a fixed route uh, transit system made sense, and you know, kind of a a sprawling uh, environment like we have in Maricopa County, uh, but I have become uh, a, a strong convert. Uh, uh, the it, it's successful as a transportation system, and and we, we have to have transit uh, as the ozone issue becomes uh, looms larger and larger in in the in Maricopa County, and we are at increased risk of the EPA coming in and imposing some pretty draconian consequences on us if we continue to just rely on on uh, diesel and and gas powered vehicles. You know that that's going to be very painful, and it's going to be very very damaging to our economy. So we ha- transit has got to be part of the equation, it, it, and uh, the and light rail is successful as a uh, as a transit plan. It's but and the double bonus is it's even more successful as an economic redevelopment program. If you if you look at the the, the private investment that has been uh, made in downtown Phoenix and Tempe, and now it's Mesa's turn. I mean, it's measured in in the billions and billions of dollars. So uh, the 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 impact of light rail has been substantial, not just as a transportation system, but also as a, an economic development system. I was involved in a morning scoop related to Prop 400, and one of the things we talked about was the history of, and I'm someone who's lived here most of my life, and to think about where we were in the mid-80s or even the early 90s, there were not a lot of freeway exits. The connecting point, when you think about how this region has become connected, whether you want to credit it to Prop 400 or not, it is credited to, to, certainly to transportation and make, being able to get around easier. How important is it to explain that history lesson to people? No, Steve, that, that, that's critical. I, I, I'm like you. I, I was uh, here and driving around in the 80s and 90s. And 
we are very spoiled now. I mean, I'll, let's just tell it like it is. Uh, the, the, the Maricopa County transportation uh, system is superior to what you find in other parts of the country. Absolutely. We all experience congestion and we all, you know, it's hard to, to offer up prayers every day, you know, that we're, how grateful we are for our transportation system because we all wish it were better. But this is better than other cities. And that was not always the case. Back in the 80s and 90s, it was a, a heck of a chore to get from Mesa to Phoenix. I mean, you, you would pack a lunch. Uh, and that, you know, we're, we're, we're somewhat spoiled now because Prop 400 has been so successful. Uh, but that, that success can be short-lived. Uh, given the governor's veto, we're already kind of dead in the water as far as continuing to grow our transportation infrastructure. There's a, still a lot of additional freeways in the, the West Valley, the Far West Valley, the Far East Valley, the additional uh, improvements to the, to the freeway system that that are dead in the water right now because this the, the, the funding mechanism is is due, is going to expire. Um, and so it, it's hard to overstate uh, how important this is for the continued quality of life that we experience in Maricopa County. I'm not privy to obviously what goes on in the governor's office, but are you disappointed that Governor Hobbs didn't say, great, thrilled to have the budget done, but you really need to stick around till we get this Prop 400 done so we don't get it too close to a July 1st deadline? Governor uh, Hobbs has been a great advocate for Proposition 400. I, I don't have. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for for uh, for her outspoken uh, support of this, and she is uh, absolutely negotiating with uh, with legislative leaders. Uh, this is a, a priority for her, um, but that doesn't. You know, it, it, politics is a is a tough game, right? So I, I we're all we've got our fingers crossed that uh, that 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 she's going to be successful in getting this across the line for us. Um, but if she can't, you know, we'll have to figure out another way to do it. Optimistic that we're going to see a ballot measure that voters can take a look at in 2024 on this. I think you there will be one. It, 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 it'll, it'll either be uh, that the legislature has authorized us to put it on the ballot, and it will be the regional transportation plan that uh, that that's that's our, our our strong desire. That's the the way this is supposed to happen. If the legislature continues to, I'll just say, play games uh, and play politics with this, then this is just too important. We we can't allow you know, some anti-transportation zealots in the legislature to kill this. It's, it's too important. So we then will be forced to, you know, go around them and go directly to the voters. Having been on the council and then mayor for as long as you have, what is it like to observe or be actively involved when a mayor has to be concerned about practical things? Legislature can play games if you want to put it that way. How do you keep your level of frustration down when you know you have to think about what's going on in your neighborhoods as opposed to, well, let's see if it's thirty-one twenty-nine or not. Uh, yeah, it, it is. I feel for the the folks in the legislature. I've, I've had the experience the last few weeks of going down there and and, and you know engaging in in negotiations with them, and it is a frustrating experience. So I, I have newfound respect for. Uh, the people who are uh, have a high pain tolerance and can do that for a living, uh, we're, we're, we are a little spoiled at, at local politics because we're, we're we are uh, nonpartisan and we're more collaborative and and uh, so yeah it, it it it's not the best way to make sausage I I, I can tell you but uh, but that's the system we've got so um, there are some some and, and I shouldn't paint with such a broad brush there there's some uh, amazing legislators there's some very uh, like I said I. I have nothing but but thanks for the way the governor has uh, been an advocate for us during this process. 
but it, 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 unfortunately, what's in the best interests of the people of Maricopa County is not at the top of everyone's agenda. Uh, we have serious uh, air quality problems in, in Maricopa County. We are at, at the on the cusp of having some pretty tough consequences from the EPA. And so we, we have to embrace transit. We have to embrace buses and light rail uh, because adding another 10 or 20 lanes to, to the every freeway in Maricopa County is not going to be the solution that is going to get us where we need to go. Mesa Mayor John Giles explaining why it's vital for the Prop 400 sales tax to be extended as transportation's importance in the valley grows as our population does. And that closes this edition of AZ Politicast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please listen, rate, and review, and share with anyone you think would be interested. And if you have topic or guest suggestions, you can even suggest yourself, please email me at azpoliticast at gmail.com. That's azpoliticast at gmail.com. Music for this podcast comes from Epidemic Sound. I'm Steve Goldstein. Thanks for listening to AZ Politicast.